0: My name is Nathan Kolopek. I am Matthew Morkin. And this is the Veritas Equipping Podcast. Our goal is especially during this time to equip you to live out your faith and love Jesus well. Veritas, today Matthew and I are gonna talk with you through our mission statement. Uh, you might have seen this plastered up on the walls if you come in through the the third street entrance of the church or the cafe doors. We've put this big decal up. It says three things. Raise up mature disciples. Send out everyday missionaries. Glorify God. We're calling that our mission statement. This is what we're going after. And so Matthew, as um, a staffer, as an elder here, as one of the leaders in our our context, I just want you to help us unpack what this means and begin equipping us for how, how this changes our church life, our church engagement. So first off, why have a mission statement?
1: I think a mission statement helps point us in a direction of what we want to be known as, what we want to be seen as. I think when we talked about core values in previous times, it's kind of like benchmarks. And so what we want to do is we want to have a benchmark of making disciples. We want to have a benchmark of sending out everyday missionaries. And we want to do that, that process to be God-glorifying.
0: Yeah. And in our church culture, we're assessing everything we're doing by, are we fulfilling this mission? So if we're not helping people walk towards maturity in being disciples, if we're not sending out everyday missionaries, if we're not doing these things for the glory of God, we're missing it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you're saying when it comes to like a benchmark, or a purpose thing. Right?
1: I like that the glory, the glorification of God is in this mission statement. I mean. And Nathan, you know me a little bit. My heart <laughs> sings at those words. You prick this man. He might bleed a little, John Piper. I'm just saying. Yeah. But it's good. It's Bible. He's, he's bleeding Bible, too. But. It's Bible, but like, so so much of my life here, we're in a rabbit trail here, okay? So much of my life, um, in 2007, I was at a middle school camp, okay? And the speaker was speaking on 1 Corinthians 18 through chapter 1, verse 18 through chapter 2, verse 5. He rabbit trails over to Colossians 3. He talks about if then you've been raised with Christ, Paul. He talks about putting to death sin. He talks about putting on the things of God. And then he talked about doing it for the glory of God. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I had sought so hard to like kill sin. And I had sought so hard to like put on the things of God for me. Yeah, yeah. And it fell short. And so this concept of like pursuing it for the glory of God. So it's not like there's not three things in this statement. Mm. It's doing these three things for the glory of God. So we want to raise up mature disciples for the glory of God. And in doing it, glorify God. In doing it. We want to send out everyday missionaries. And in doing it, glorify God. And we want to glorify God. As By the glorifying encapsulation, God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it encapsulates all all these things. And there's somewhat a, a
0: motivation difference there, like an internal versus an external motivation. An external motivation could be something like, if we get this many people at Veritas, if we can, you know, some of those things that aren't inherently wrong, but can put a good thing in the wrong place mm-hmm. when it becomes a bad thing. But that internal motivation of how do we do everything to glorify God changes Hopefully, but like the flavor of being part of Veritas, the things that we talk about, the things we emphasize. Even as we're thinking about this equipping podcast, we're trying to equip you, the listener, not to just have an easier life or whatever, but because all of your life is a beautiful opportunity and context to glorify God. So how do we equip you towards that? That kind of thing.
1: Right? Yeah. The equipping podcast, like Veritas Church doesn't exist to tout Veritas Church. Right. We don't, the Equipping Podcast doesn't exist to tout an Equipping Podcast or Veritas Church. We're not no. trying to become big deal podcasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, if we did, we fail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that that effort yeah. is, and I feel like in our society and culture today, like, you know, so many places have a mission statement. You walk in their doors and there's a mission statement for why they're a dentist, you know, or, yeah. or you know, Target has a mission statement. And those are good structural organizational things. You want people to buy into what you're doing as a company or as a ministry. And so, yeah, I mean, there's lots of brothers and sisters throughout the city throughout this state, throughout this nation, who are trying to raise up disciples. And we're saying, yeah, we want that. And when you raise up a disciple, you're raising up a Christ follower, Mm. not a Veritas follower. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, So one important thing there that you said is other organizations might have mission statements. I can't point to a verse that says, thou shall have a mission statement, right? But we're kind of saying in wisdom, in common grace, a mission statement can be a helpful rallying point for our church. So Matthew, let's unpack the different phrases, the different words that we've we've got for this mission statement to help understand what we're going after together. So first it says, raise up mature disciples. Can you just highlight raise up? mature and disciples. Those three parts of it.
1: All right. So you have texts in the later part of the New Testament that talks about, you know, it's a really a picture of growth. Mm. So the concept of raising up mature disciples, I mean, it's a, it's helpful to me to see my little kids. My, my oldest boy turned 13. Okay. Yeah. He's way different. And my, my, one of my good buddies in ministry from up North, they just had a baby yesterday. Okay. Wow. So you see the contrast between these two, you know, a little t- tiny infant is not a 13-year-old. And I get it. It, That sounds ridiculously basic. Am I insulting your intelligence? But spiritually, we start the same way. You might be a 60-year-old person, and you start out as an infant. And 1 Peter talks about it like taking in pure spiritual milk, you know, mm-hmm. and so there's this picture of growth, you know. I love to ride my bicycle. There was a time where I had training wheels on and I was scared to death to take those training wheels off because I didn't want to fall and hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think we often don't realize, we don't remember the fact that we're just starting off. We start off at some place. And so here at Veritas Church, we, we want to raise up mature disciples, you know, and there's always a tension of what is a disciple? There's, that has been an argument that I have been a part of, and <laughs> I don't mean argument in a negative sense, but it's been a debate that goes on in churches, like what is a disciple? A disciple is a Christ follower, not a law follower, a Christ follower, mm-hmm. someone who pursues Jesus Christ. Yeah, we've talked about a disciple being someone who knows, loves, and obeys
0: Jesus. you got to know who he really is if you're going to be a follower of his a disciple, If you really know him for who he is, you love him. That moves your emotions. And we obey him as our Lord. And
1: knowledge of who he is shapes our emotions, which shapes our actions. Mm -hmm. And maturity spiritually leads me into worship. You know, and seeing a mature disciple, somebody who's mature is going to worship Mm -hmm. Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so a Christ follower... You know, we're gonna see maturity and they're gonna worship Jesus and they're gonna give their time, talent, and treasure towards following Christ. And so that's kind of what we see in raising up mature disciples. How do we come alongside that? How do we equip people? And it's not just practical service, Mm -hmm. it's digging in the Word and learning more about who God is and addressing sin in our life. You know, I think one of the beautiful things about a mature disciple is that they understand they're not perfect. And they can repent of sin and confess it, you know, and just not hide it. They, yeah. They're not hiding because they understand the grace and love of Jesus Christ that they've learned as they followed him. And there's sort of two parts to it then. So there's raise up
0: and there's mature disciples. There's a raise up being maybe going wide. We, we want to raise up more and more people that know, love, and obey Jesus that, that actually start out as spiritual infants because they've been born again through God's amazing work in mm-hmm. salvation. So we want to keep going wide and we want to, as a body, be equipped to share the good news of Jesus. To actually share the good news, where people become disciples for the first time, and then there's a so that's kind of a wide part, and then there's a deep part where we don't we're not just content with a number of people, a big crowd. But we actually want to go deep together, and sometimes those can feel like their intention, maybe like the Sunday sermons some churches would say, hey, in order to reach as many people as possible, we're kind of going to lower the bar on a Sunday morning. And not, not out of bad motivations, but we're kind of saying our kind of, our kind of crazy is we're going to keep unpacking book by book through the Bible, even difficult things, because we all need to keep growing in depth of maturity, even as new people join the family of faith, even as new people come to Christ. So if, if you're part of Veritas we would love for you to be part of raising mature disciples. That's your own discipleship. You becoming more mature, growing in your knowledge, love, and obedience to Jesus day by day, year after year for the rest of your life. And we want you to be part of the raising up process where you actually share the good news and invite people into discipleship by trusting Jesus as their Savior. Okay, that's, that's sentence one of the mission statement. Sentence two, send out everyday missionaries. Talk me through, talk me through that.
1: Oh, boy. Send out everyday missionaries. I, I, I want to go back a little bit to discipleship. Yeah. I think two times, this might be a madism, okay? So be careful with this information, okay? <laughs> okay? I think too often we make discipleship a thing. And Nathan knows that I've been talking about a thing lately. Like we, we make things <laughs> a thing. more than, we make things a thing. That's absolutely right, right? Yeah, yeah. like discipleship is an everyday part, okay? Yeah. You, you were doing your thing. God moves into your heart. All of a sudden, revolutionizes you. There's that battle, internal battle in your soul. It starts to impact your mouth. It starts to impact your mind. And perhaps for the first time, you start desiring to know Jesus. You, you're a disciple. You start to follow Jesus. It's not grandma's way. It's not your parents' way. It's not your church's way. You want Jesus. And so you you seek out people who will pour into your life. You seek out helpful things, perhaps books, primarily the scriptures, maybe somebody who will disciple you, okay? It's not like, oh man, I've got a discipleship meeting at three. Now, there's nothing wrong with setting up an appointment with somebody who will disciple you at three, okay? Because you and I both do that all the time. We do, yeah. That's kind of (laughs) our roles here, right? But like, it's just something you do. It's a natural thing you do. A lot of us wear swimsuits when we go swimming. It's seems fitting, uh, and it's something that we do. They correlate. It's, And so being a Christian, we want to be discipled. It's what we do. And so this concept of missionaries, I think for many of us, it gets specifically, you think of the family you saw in your church when you were five who came over and they're wearing their the country's dress and you're just like oh that's really it's mission sunday wow yeah Yeah. exactly and and i like pulling that out of that now there there is that Mm -hmm. and it's so important okay so i'm not belittling that in any way but i'm just saying let's raise up our view of going back home after our worship service so with three there's kind of three parts of that where it's send out and then every day and then missionaries so how are we sending people out as a church, so we gather in worship on Sunday. We kind of get unified. We get encouraged. We celebrate. Like there are other people out there pursuing Jesus Christ, and we're overwhelmed by His awesomeness and supremacy and His love for us. And then we send people out. Right? I I live over on the northeast side, and there's some folks from Marion and and Hiawatha and Fairfax. You and know, southeast side. Booyah! People living on the southeast side. What up? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and and Mount Vernon, right? And so we're sending out the church. It's not just the staff. We're not sending out staff. Yeah. We're not sending the seven designated people to the designated parts of the city. You know, at Veritas, by God's grace, we have the opportunity to send out, I don't know, seven hundred families or plus. Mm. So we're sending out seven seven hundred people. Every week. Every week. So what so, every day? Yeah. Every day. There you go. Okay. So so
0: we gather as a church family to remember our identities, to refocus on Jesus, and then we go out as sent people with a mission, with a message. that everything, so, so are you telling me that uh, a mom with two kids in, in preschool or daycare is an everyday missionary, or a mechanic that's part of Veritas is an everyday missionary, or a teacher— who's trying to figure out how to do Zoom slash in-person
1: slash whatever, lesson planning now, like those people are missionaries. Yes, I am. And it's beautiful because all those giftings, God gifted people with the gift of teaching and working in the school system are missionaries. They're lights in the darkness. They're ambassadors for Christ. Now, they might not have the opportunity to share, like articulate Jesus Christ and the gospel, but through their actions, through their attitudes, their patience as they work with kids, as they work with the frustration of zoom and the school systems trying to figure out all this chaos, right? As they work with that, they represent Christ in those in those places. And the mechanic that is changing out brake pads every day and and fighting with stubborn lug nuts, you know, that guy is representing to his co-workers and to customers just a different view on frustration and embodying um, the grace and mercy of Christ as they work on those practical things. So everybody, different giftings, different callings, you know, so you have your home and you have your neighbors, but you have your workforce. Like those things aren't unintentional. God has put you there for a purpose. So whether you're doing road construction, whether you're doing banking, whether you're doing insurance, whether you're doing engineering of various forms, like God has put you in that office. God has put you in that place. God has put you on that street. And the people you interact with need Jesus. Mm -hmm. They need to know more about God. And so you have that opportunity to be an ambassador, to be a missionary and say there's something greater. And again, it might not always be articulating Jesus Christ and the gospel, but you, you're you acting different. You're not frustrated like everyone else. You're not angry like everyone else. You're not, you know, you love differently. You're more patient. And why? Why, why mm. are you, what is the reason for the hope that you have within you? You know, and maybe, God willing, there are opportunities where you can articulate Jesus Christ, sin, and the Lord, you know, and you long for those.
0: And I asked a friend of mine who has been a full-time missionary in a different country, different culture, had to learn a different language to share the gospel. That's his job, to be a missionary. He had to leave that place because of COVID. He and his wife are, and they want to get back. They're still training local leaders online right now in this season. I asked him, is it okay that we're saying we're missionaries, even though we're not doing what you're doing? And he said, there's some debate among missionaries who go overseas. Like, is it reducing it to to call us missionaries every day? But the conversation he and I had is like, no, actually it makes sense because as Christians, we have a different worldview. We have a different value system. We have a different language than, than the everyday people around us, or or at least we should. If we're learning to grow in maturity and know, love, and obey Jesus, we're going to do things differently than other people. Exactly what you're saying, the way that the mechanic goes about his frustrations, or the way that you treat your coworkers, or the way that you talk in the break room about someone's affair or someone's marital struggles. We're going to have to cross language and culture boundaries to share the good news in a way that makes sense to a world that's... that. It's totally different than mm-hmm. that, right? Amen. So that missionary challenge, if, you, if you've if you ever met someone who's gone to another language and culture, they had to learn different customs, different habits, different foods, all of that, the kind of intention and thought and hard work that they've had to put into sharing the gospel in a way that made sense to people, removing all of the extra boundaries, you, you, there's offense in the gospel you can't remove. Telling people, hey, you're a sinner and you need a savior. That's tough news. Mm-hmm. That's bad news often, but the good news is you have a Savior, right? Yes. We can't yes. remove that offense of the gospel, but there are ways that we can say it that, that miss cultural cues, all of that. The level of work a missionary has to put in overseas, whether they're in the Middle East or East Asia or, or wherever, we actually might need to up our game a little bit in the ways that we think about engaging with our coworkers. Instead of coasting and kind of assuming we're all on the same page, your coworkers probably don't actually understand what sin is. They probably don't understand what glory is. They probably don't understand why hell exists. They probably don't even believe hell exists. Right? Well, and
1: they probably don't understand that following Jesus is different than following the law.
0: Yeah. And, and they're probably well aware of the law. And and at least when heart. you say law, they probably mean religious duties. Yeah, Go perform some traditions and some rituals and and hope it works out okay.
1: Well, and the thing that I see for missionaries, like... God calls me to the northeast side of Cedar Rapids, and God could call me to a different nation. Yeah. And not much changes. I think about Paul. Paul was a tent maker, you know, and so he was doing his ministry while working a job too. And undoubtedly, even when Paul was in prison, he was busily sharing the gospel. So as he's sewing a tent or whatever exactly they did for the tent making thing, there's this reality, knowing Paul, um, that he's Probably proclaiming the gospel, and certainly he was making money to sustain sustain himself while he was in that area. And you just see this picture of all of us having the opportunity to overflow. Like I think there's another discussion here. There's always so much pressure on us that we put on ourselves because it's not biblical to convert people. Mm, Like I gotta convince them. I gotta trick them into saying yes. Yes, and for us, it's really an opportunity just to be like, I can't. I can't believe God saved me, and to be like God. God's got this, yeah. you know, and to represent and be faithful to the realities of who God is and just share him with the other people and let God do the work through what you say. As a church, we want to send people out cross-culturally
0: and across the world. God is worth it. And there are places in the world where people do not have the chance to, to accept or reject Jesus. They don't know a Christian. They don't know what church they could go to, even if they wanted to. God's glory, God's name, God's worship is worth it for us to go to tell people the good news that there's a savior. So as a church, hear me say this, we want to send people out long-term, full-time, to plant churches cross-culturally in other parts of the world. We're about that. And part of how we're going to equip you to do that is by starting where you're at right now. Jumping on a plane isn't going to teach you how to cross cultural boundaries, right? There's no sanctification that comes by flying across the world. But you can begin right now learning those steps and, and opening your eyes to how to go about that task like a missionary in a way that prepares you to be the kind of person that could go and do it. Now, again, learning a different language, if you had to go learn Hindi to share the good news of Jesus, that's tough. That takes hard work. But you could start by being intentional and learning, hey, when my coworkers talk about being mad at themselves or frustrated, what are they, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? What do they mean by that? When, when we talk about sin, do we mean the same things when we talk about sin? Or do they just mean kind of a mistake that I can make up for? This, this was profound to me talking with Muslim friends in college. We would use the same word, sin. We would talk about sin, but they didn't see why they needed a Savior. And as we kept talking about it, I realized we, over and over we said the same word and we meant something totally different. For them, a sin is just a mistake. So if it's a mistake, sure, work hard, pay for it. Why do you need a Savior if it's just a mistake? If I spill milk, I don't need a Savior. I just need to clean up my milk. They, they couldn't understand that Jesus would die for sin. But when we as believers talk about sin, we're talking about an offense against a holy God that made us, that loves us, that knows us, that knows the intentions of our hearts. A God that has given everything to us and we've spat in his face. You can't just make up for that. You can't just undo that. You can't just clean up the milk there. When you've spat in God's face, you need forgiveness. And so we would use the same word sin and mean something totally different. So no wonder they didn't get why they knew the Savior, right? And that was part of the missionary task for me as a college student. Going to class, drinking coffee with my friends, talking. And they happen to be from a different country and culture and religious background. But frankly, even if people at your workplace are from the same country and cultural background, they're actually from a totally different worldview. If you trust Jesus and they don't, you see reality entirely differently. And so we get to, with the Spirit's help, work towards sharing that good news in a way that they're going to understand.
1: Oh, man, yeah, you open, you open a lot. Like, we're from a different kingdom, you What's know, going? and okay. just going. So, you know, I think we're so often we're, we think about ourselves as citizens of the United States of America, of Iowa, of Cedar Rapids, or the surrounding communities, and there's so much more. So, with that, I mean I think we've kind of wrapped up our time. So I would say uh, let's talk all next time about glorifying God. Yeah, and
0: and with that, guys, just a, a quick thing as we're closing down: in us equipping you, Sunday mornings are equipping. This podcast is equipping. We've got classes that we're doing, like steps that's, that's there to help you grow in your maturity. Ambassador's class or Healthy Christian Life, um, Ambassador's class especially is about being an everyday missionary. So. Part of this maturity is a lifelong process. Join into the rhythms of life of this church as we try to equip you for that. Matthew, thanks for, for joining me today. Thanks for uh, answering my questions and good night round me. Thanks, man.